And welcome back to Unlike the Melons, the podcast for the dyslexic community. We're your hosts. I'm Reed. And I'm Drew. Thanks for coming back to another episode. This one is going to be on the myth of average. A lot of this research was done off of a TED Talk from a guy named Ted Rose. He works at Harvard. He's actually a high school dropout that works at Harvard, and he talks about this myth of average. He also wrote a book called The End of Average, which talks about standardized testing and talks about things to implement that we could do instead of standardized testing or to make standardized testing better. Today's topic isn't going to be standardized testing. It's just going to be on this idea of the average. And debunking the myth of average. Yeah. So we're going to accredit him for a lot of our script today. If you go over and watch his TED Talk, you're going to be like, hey, that sounds kind of familiar. Well, it should. (laughs) He was very inspirational. Yeah, he was. So let's start off with a story. In 1952, the Air Force was facing this really interesting challenge. They had good pilots flying better planes, but they kept getting worse results, and they didn't really know why. For a while, they blamed the pilots. They blamed the tech itself. They even blamed the flight instructors. But come to find out, these problems were actually with how the cockpit of the plane was designed. Not the tech in it, not the people flying it, not the instructors at all. You see, a fighter pilot's performance is really tied to how well they physically fit inside the cockpit of a plane. The original design for these planes had cockpits designed for the average pilot. But we know not all pilots are built the exact same way. So they decided to take all of these measurements and figure out roughly what's the average pilot size and design a cockpit to that. That traditional way of thinking that says taking this measurement of a group of pilots and averaging them out to find a standard sizing, though intuitive, is actually wrong. And this was found out through a Air Force researcher named Gilbert Daniels. He was actually the one that proved this thinking to be wrong. He took this study of like 4,000 pilots and you know took all their measurements and tried to see if at least one of them had these standard measurements for these average designed cockpits. And he found that not one of them had the measurements that fit the cockpit. And that actually has a specific name, this variant that he found. It's called a jagged size profile. So for example, Just because you're 6'5", doesn't mean that you have the broadest shoulders or like a really long torso. There's these variants that they just weren't taking into account. So if the cockpit was designed for the average pilot, and it's been shown that there is no average pilot, that means that the cockpit was designed for no one. So what did the Air Force do? They banned this design of the average cockpit, and they wanted to focus on planes that were made to not fit the average pilot, but to fit the edges of the pilots. Once these changes were made, the pilot's performance advanced, and today we have one of the most diversified communities of pilots in the world. The funny thing is, is that a lot of our top pilots actually wouldn't have fit into that original average design. They needed to change this design to fit the outside measurements, the edges, to get the best pilots. To get the best pilots and to get the best performance out of those pilots, because you can be the best pilot that you can be, and if you don't fit into that cockpit, you're not going to be able to fly the plane very well. Yeah, if you can't have everything at a, you know, a fingertips reach, you're kind of screwed. 
Mm-hmm. And you're wondering, okay, so why does this really matter to me? And I get it. Not a lot of us are going to be sitting in the cockpit of a fighter jet. But every single one of us has sat in the classroom. And the classroom, arguably, is the cockpit of our economy. Every year we're spending more on education and we're getting worse results. Whether it's the declining test scores in math and science or the staggering dropout rate we see. 1.2 million students every year drop out of high school in the U.S. We kind of all know the statistic. I think we've talked about it before in another episode. But did you know that 4% of those students are considered intellectually gifted? Meaning that roughly 50,000 of our brightest minds are being lost every year. So we know we have this problem, and we blame the students, we blame the teachers, and we blame the parents. But I believe, much like in the 1950s with those cockpits, it's a case of bad design. Because we have designed our school systems to educate the average. And as we've learned from the story, there's no such thing as average. Nobody fits that mold. It's a myth. So we love to think that we're advanced and like cutting edge, but we still design our textbooks and our classroom education for the average students. And like Drew said, and like our story said, that average student, like the average pilot is a myth. Just like size, each student has a jagged learning profile. Like the cockpit design for the average, if you design a classroom for the average student, you've designed it for no student. No wonder we have a problem. We've created a learning environment that because it's designed for the average, it cannot do what we expect it to do. Nurture the individual. Exactly. So what does designing for the average really do? Well, since everyone has this jagged learning profile, the average hurts everyone then. And that means even our top students in the class. Designing an average destroys their talent and creativity just as much as it destroys the students being left behind. So how is this possible, you may ask? Well, for students that excel in a certain subject, they can get bored. And because they're bored, they're not challenged and they're not trying and they're, they might do worse in that class because of that. And we all know a student like that. Yeah, they basically disengaged. <laughs> exactly. We all know students that get disengaged that way. And on the other hand of that, on the other side, this other spectrum, if you design for the average and you're a student with a weakness, say, I don't know, reading difficulties, because that's an easy one to go with, mm-hmm. the average will make it harder for those educators to see your talent and nurture it. We also all know somebody that that's happened to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's ourselves. As a point, even though a dyslexic child may have trouble in reading, they may excel at science. The problem is, is that those science textbooks are designed for the average. That's assuming that that student is reading at that science book grade level. This has now turned that science class into another reading test for a student that has a hard time reading. Making the barrier to entry not your comprehension of science and your, your skill there, but your reading level. Making it very doubtful that, that we'll ever see the capability, the true potential of that student. And just to point out, We actually have a real-life experience in this sort of thing with our sister, Kyle, who, just like us, is extremely dyslexic, but she excels at math. But the barrier to entry was that if she didn't have a math teacher that was there for her, I feel like, the barrier to entry would have been those textbooks. No, you're totally right. She she actually had an extremely um, 
a math teacher who saw her talent and was actually extremely surprised that this child was taught how to do math so well but was not taught how to read. Yeah, our educational heroes, the ones that are all like, let's teach you more. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's really smart. You guys obviously failed her, which I actually like the fact that he thought that way. Yeah. That's, um, was ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what are we getting at here? Well, much like a cockpit, we should be designing education for the edges, not for the average. Most schools already have the potential to do this with technology they already possess. More and more education is being done either partially or solely with technology. And to that, we know that the U.S. schools Mm -hmm. are the leading consumer of tablets. And these tablets are obviously our gateway to this technology for all students. Basically, what I'm saying here is that, like, all of these tablets should have the ability for talk-to-text and text-to-speech for the students that need it to make it so that reading and spelling is not a barrier for them to get the rest of their education, along with our students that are crazy good in math or crazy good in science and want to have more access to in-depth curriculum. I think that's a really easy way to start implementing educating for the edges. I do understand that the entire system of how it's made and how this is designed is a bigger ship to turn than just implementing it through this small step, but that is one small step that mm-hmm. we could do. And we want to educate our kids better. We They deserve it. We need to educate everyone better, and I feel like we, like I said, this was a tangent from me originally trying to look up stuff on standardized testing, right? And it turned into this, like, standardized testing, and then you go down the, the myth of the average, and then now we're here, and now... I think that this whole idea of the average is actually harmful to everybody, and I think that's really pertinent for everybody to know, is that, like, it's not me on this one spectrum of it, of being a neurodiverse person that does need extra help saying that, like, educating for the average hurts me, but it also is hurting those people that you think don't need help. Those people that you're all like, oh, they're they're excelling, they're doing crazy well. Well, yeah, but don't you think they need the deserve more and better as well? Like, it's true. Just because they're doing good doesn't mean they don't deserve more. And just because someone's not doing well doesn't mean they don't deserve everything as well. Yeah, I agree. Yep, it's important. Well, awesomely possumly, isn't it? Yeah, we need to make sure that, uh, you know, education's important. Education is what spears on um, innovation. And if we don't educate people to the best of their ability to learn, we're also shooting our, like, ourselves in the foot. Yeah. It's back to the um, bettering society as a whole. Yeah. So trying to educate for the edges versus educating for the average and thinking about it a little bit differently is trying to really lift everybody up in the best ways possible. Yep. This has been fun. It has been peach. I enjoy doing this every week. I enjoy creating our community and um, continuing to grow our melon patch. So Melon patch. Yeah. If you liked this, you can always leave a comment. I love reading those. Or subscribe, follow. If you do that, it does notify you when a new episode comes out. And as always, please suggest it to people that you think deserve to hear this. Do you know anybody that's neurodiverse or that you think is neurodiverse that it might help? Any educators, any anyone that you really feel like you deserves a listen. With that, you can find us on Instagram at melons.podcast. Instagram. I'm over there, like I said, once a week posting, sometimes twice. Message me there. I'll message you back. There's even a little email button. Click that if you want to write something long. Ask us any questions. If there's any topics that you're interested in and would like us to delve into a little bit deeper, 
um, please let us know. We'd love to do that. Yeah, let's look into it, broaden our horizons. Mm -hmm. We are a community and we love having you here with us and keep coming. We'll keep posting. As always, Melons, be different and be kind. <laughs>